Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it. So, Hammer, I'll ask you, if you're a resident of East Palestine, Ohio, and you see the governor of Ohio, DeWine, come out and say, look, there's nothing to worry about. It's not in your homes. It's not in the water. It's not in the air. Go back home. Everybody's fine. Are you still a little little hesitant if you're a resident in and around that area? Are you just a little, just a tad still concerned? I would have questions. <laughs> I would politely right. raise my hand. Uh, excuse me, Governor DeWine, why are all these fish dead? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm hearing one thing and seeing a completely different picture painted uh, and physical pictures of dead animals and fish and water contamination there in East Palestine after the derailment of the train at the beginning of February and toxic and especially the footage of the toxic the the plume of toxic chemicals just being uh, released into the air that you could see from um, uh, from space JD Vance who's the senator from Ohio friend of our show who's been on with us before he did a video where he goes up to this creek in East Palestine Ohio and he takes a stick and I'm going to play you the audio here. He kind of rubs the stick in the dirt, and you see all of these horrific chemicals come up. Hey, guys, so I'm here at Leslie Run, and there's dead worms and dead fish all throughout this water. So, something I just discovered is that if you scrape the creek bed, it's like chemical is coming out of the ground. Can, can, you, show, can you come here? And, and let me just show this to people. I don't know if you're going to be able to see this on the camera, but watch this just see that chemical pop out of the creek this is disgusting and the fact that we have not cleaned up the 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 train crash the fact that these chemicals are still seeping in the ground is an insult to the people who live in east palestine well but the governor says it's fine nothing in the air nothing in the water nothing to see here and the White House, well, granted, they only reached out to the governor just a couple of days ago, but clearly they think everything's fine because they're refusing to give emergency disaster relief funds to Ohio. No FEMA for you. No FEMA for you. Now, the White House's argument is, well, there's nothing FEMA can do for these people. They need the EPA. They need, you know, environmental groups. They need other things. There's nothing FEMA can do. Somebody get Greta Thunberg on the line. Maybe they, maybe she can help. We heard from people at that town hall the other night who said they have taken their families and they've moved away. They've been staying in hotels because they've been getting headaches. They've noticed their pets have you know died there's dead fish everywhere they've been getting rashes so if fema is designed to help people at a time of emergency normally it's like hurricanes and tornadoes why not give funding for these people who want to just get away for a little bit while this stuff gets figured out but the biden administration and fema has said we're not giving these people a single penny actually you know what that money that we could give you we're gonna send that to Zelensky in ukraine plenty of money for ukraine hot damn they're writing blank checks to ukraine (laughs) and i'd like to point out that the kennedy center for performing arts got 270 million dollars of federal money a park Mm. in nancy pelosi's district in san francisco got 200 million dollars in federal money 
but we're not giving anything to these people in East Palestine, Ohio. FEMA's going to say, it's not our job. Tell that to the people who are staying in hotels right now because they don't feel safe going back to where they're supposed to be at because of what's happening here. And by the way, where's the uh, railroad company? Where's Norfolk in all this? Because they didn't show up to the town hall because they didn't feel, quote unquote, safe. They didn't feel safe. How do you think these <laughs> yeah, people <no> feel? <laughs> now, the EPA has arrived. The EPA arrived yesterday. They're still in East Palestine today. They're trying to figure something out. Uh, Look, but I hope DeWine's right. I hope those people, I hope there's really nothing to worry about there. I hope there's nothing in the air or the water that's concerning. It just doesn't, I, I'm, if I'm living there, though, if I'm in that town, I'm not just throwing my hands up and saying, well, the governor said it's all right, so okay, whatever. That's that's not what I'm doing, especially the, the, the footage of those fumes and, and chemicals, pl- pl- you know, spilling into the air. There's another viral video of someone throwing a rock in one of the rivers there, and you just see the awful state of the water. It turns every color. It's disgusting. It's gross. That can't be good. And if this stuff is already being detected in parts of Cincinnati at the Ohio River and as far up north as West Virginia, you're telling me that the ground zero area is perfectly fine? I find that hard to believe, and it's disgusting that FEMA is not helping these people in the slightest. There are things you can do to help these people out. There are people displaced. There are absolutely people displaced right now, and that's what FEMA is designed to do. If your house was destroyed by a tornado or a hurricane, FEMA would give disaster relief to help out the people of that community, but this community for whatever reason, seems to be getting a nice big middle finger from the Biden administration. It's bad and it's embarrassing, and these people deserve better. And by the way, I did see an interesting uh, uh, piece on our news gathering partners, Wish TV, this morning about how people in Indiana are worried that it's going to be like in West Lafayette's drinking water and stuff like that. They did interview a couple of Purdue University professors in ecological and uh, you know the study can that, that study environmental contamination. They said there's really nothing to be worried about here if you're a, a Hoosier. Now I will say, <laughs> I am going to Cincinnati for a couple of days next week. <laughs> you're gonna go play in the Ohio River, Nige? You're gonna let the kids go swimming in the Ohio know, River? I think I'm gonna keep my distance from that area. Uh, there's weird stuff going on, man. Oh, and there I, is, yeah. I don't know if this has anything to do with anything, but did you see the picture of all the dead birds in that big parking lot in Lexington? So all of these birds, they're like on power lines. They're dead all over a parking lot. Looks like some type of mall parking lot, a big, massive parking was, lot. Was that the one where they were hanging down off yes. the power lines like they were dead but they were still able to somehow hang on but they're all upside down basically right now some had fallen to the ground yeah. quite a few were on the ground but yeah a lot of dead birds just in this parking lot in lexington very bizarre again i have no idea if it's connected or not but you look at some of the stuff that's happening around our country right now we talked about this yesterday there was another train derailment that had hazardous materials in it this one was just outside of detroit uh now luckily this one wasn't leaking but it was a train derailment that had some hazardous chemicals in it which means what is it the 17th of february we've already had a dozen train derailments reported in the united states this year now i get they probably happen more often than we normally pay attention to 
But man, if you're carrying these toxic chemicals, it seems like it's happening more and more often right now. Where's our travel transportation secretary? I thought we spent like a trillion dollars to fix the railways and the roads and nope. the bridges and nah. all that kind of stuff. Can we get a little audit for our money? Can we see where that went, actually? Uh, for the second time this week, United States fighter jets have intercepted a Russian aircraft near the coast of Alaska. Now, before everybody gets their frozen panties in a wad here, <laughs> this happens, I guess, quite often in Alaska. If you wear panties in Alaska, more than likely they are frozen. They are frozen solid. NORAD officials say it's actually a common occurrence, quote, this Russian activity near the North American ADIZ occurs regularly and is not seen as a threat, nor is the activity seen as provocative. So... I guess it's normal for Russian jets to kind of play a game of chicken with the folks up in Alaska. So nothing to be scared of there. Nothing to be scared of in East Palestine, Ohio. And birds freeze up and die all the time in Lexington. Sure. Nothing to see here, people. It's time to go. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. I'm Nigel. Hammer's here. Matt Bear from the WIBC traffic center joining us live here in our studio just real quick i did want to mention that this has been getting headlines that uh one of the uh objects that was shot down by the united states air force possibly could have been a hobby club balloon an illinois hobby club balloon Matt, <laughs> let's just shoot fearing that its balloon was shot down by the United States Air Force. This <laughs> is awesome. according to Aviation Week. Per this report, the Northern Illinois Bottle Cap Balloon Brigade, the whatever Northern, that is, who are these people? It's a they, they floated a silver coated party style pico balloon. <laughs> were they, were they about spying? forty thousand feet? The last reported position was February tenth off the west coast of the Alaska. Illinois Balloon Club is spying on our <laughs> nuclear silos right now. <laughs> it should have been shot down. I'm sorry. Right, <laughs> shoot it down. I'm with you guys. I want yeah. Patriot missiles on every interstate. From right. Here. Could you imagine these geeks in some balloon club in Illinois all looking at each other, freaking the f out? After the military just shot down one of their weather party balloons. It was a high school senior science yeah, project. Right. Like the advisor all got them together. If anybody asks you, it was from China. Right. <laughs> oh, so. in but listen, I'm happy it got shot out of the sky. I don't well, care yeah. what it is. If it's a drone, if it's a bird, if it's Superman, if it's somewhere where it shouldn't be, you shoot that son of a blank out of the sky. <laughs> just hit it's, it. It's, don't it's, miss. It's not confirmed, but... Uh, uh, it is being reported by uh, a bunch of different news outlets, including Fox News and CBS. It's a it's a new game, new uh, Hammer and Nigel segment. What was shot out of the sky today? Well, that's look. That's what Biden. It's one of the things Biden said during uh, his little spiel yesterday. His first words uh, 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 about the the downed objects were, "Yeah, some of this stuff is like recreation. Some of the weather projects, and we don't know what they are, but uh, they're not affiliated with China." So if it's I, I don't bald, know. If man. it's a bald eagle, shoot it down. You know what I mean? That's that's what, that's what we have to do. Somewhere where it shouldn't be, it's going to meet its death. Uh, Matt Bear, our traffic guy with us. When was the last time a train caused a major problem, like in Indianapolis? Do you remember? Mm, um, I would have to say off the top of my it, I remember about three years ago, and this was a thing downtown and on the Near East Side, that Near East Side train. 
that covers uh, three major east-west arteries. A little traffic talk there. Uh, would block Michigan Street and New York Street for hours at a time. Yeah, it would just sit there on the tracks. Yes, it would just sit there on the tracks. There was one on stuck. Raymond Street that would do the same thing, like oh, yeah. on the south side. It would just sit there, and you couldn't get around it no matter where you went. Yeah, it was it was really terrible because it, we had construction going on in the area. It wasn't North Split at the time, but I rem- I would get tweets. They would tweet about. This more than more than a serious crisis on the interstates. It would be like, hey, train stopped again, say so. I'm like, what can I do? I can't move the train. You know, they're like, tell somebody. I'm like, okay, CSX, train stop. And if memory know? serves me correctly, somebody passed a law that said, hey, if that train stops on the track, whoever's train that is is going to get fined. But then the Supreme Court stepped in and said, you can't do that. That's a, that's as oh, I recall, man. that's exactly what happened. The Supreme Court came and got together and said, yeah, there, there's nothing you can do here. It's unconstitutional. Uh, so. But it was crazy because shortly after the Supreme Court came down, those trains stopped stopping. Uh, and and there was really no rhyme or reason to it. I think they are just parking the trains on the tracks for a little bit just to do it, and they could get away with yeah, it. I'm looking at the Indy Star back in August of 2021. Train derails in Shelby County causing power outage and track damage. Boy, wow. that, this, that was a big one. Yeah. Whoa. Now, we're not so, saying that trains don't derail all the time or wow. even frequently, but it just feels like more and more they've had dangerous toxic chemicals in them that have been seeping out. That's all I'm saying, because I know everybody's been sending me messages. Dude, you don't know. Trains go off the track all the time. I get it. But do they always have stuff that kills the local river involved? Yeah. What is it you don't know exactly, that, that chemicals are poisonous? I mean, you get poisoned into the water, and that is bad for the uh, residents there. What's what's yeah. there not to know about that? Look at this. Uh, this is from January of last year. Freight train derails near Indianapolis. Fire and fuel leak reported a freight train derailment. In Indiana, led to a small fire along with lube oil and diesel fuel leaks. This was uh, at the rail yard in Avon. That train was bought and paid for by Matt Bear, <laughs> courtesy of WIBC. It was a surrealist. No, train. there was a, that was uh, yeah, that was about a year ago in uh, January. There so was, so yeah, some some derailments. There's probably plenty of derailments that have happened uh, close to us. There was one in Pendleton near Pendleton High School that was just awful a few years ago, and and I I don't believe anybody was hurt in it, but the pictures were just absolutely brutal. A, a car got stuck on the tracks, and when cars get stuck on tracks, they get hit by trains, and it was one of the worst crashes. I had ever seen in my life. That was a few years ago. So, yeah, it's been happening. Matt Baer with us from the WIBC Traffic Center. Matt, I know you're a big Bruce Willis guy. Mm. You enjoy Bruce Willis movies. Really? And it's kind of a bummer to see what Bruce is going through now. Yeah, it's 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 hard. I mean, this I I feel like with some of these '80s action stars. I mean, that that was our generation, man, and so right. many people listening. I mean, and he's got dementia yeah. right now. And sometimes we joke about Joe Biden. People make jokes about Donald Trump. But those who have actually seen what real dementia does like not the oh, beginning stages the real mccoy oh, yeah. here that's what bruce willis has right now it's one of those uh, totally awful just uh, irreversible diseases that you have to watch loved ones go through and in a situation like this when we do grow up watching bruce willis's movies we have a personal attachment to him i mean you know you look at the Die Hard trilogy and he made great movies you look at looper and some of the other ones and it's just kind of like you just just because you grew up with him you just really want the best for that family and there is no i i read a little bit about it there's no reversing this disease it's no. dementia you you can't take it back
back. You can't really make it better. You just try to make everybody comfortable around it. That's man, that's heartbreaking. I mean, it's well, brutal your, to watch that. I know that's uh, we're kind of talking a serious thing here, but I mean, look, I mean, what what is he known for? What what do you think? You mentioned the Looper. That was a pretty good one. I think I think that went under the radar just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously I mean, Die Hard. Yeah, well, Die Hard, yeah. of course, but Pulp Fiction, I think. Um, the whole nine yards was pretty that good. That was a r- damn good movie right there. I-, I racked my brain on this yesterday trying to think out if-, if it's not Die Hard, what is it? The yeah. Last Boy Scout. The Last Boy Scout. Um, there was a. Re- I mean, oh, he- was that with Damon Wayans? He's yes. the f- ex football player. Yeah, The Last Boy Scout is unbelievable. Really good. That was back in the day where you could make any kind of action movie you wanted and people were going to watch it and they were going to love it. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the glory yeah. days of cinema right there. Uh, last thing before we let you go again, we got Matt Bear in studio i'm going to read you a headline and i just want your very brief reaction naked and afraid contestant burns crank on campfire (laughs) and i clean that up a little bit Uh, my reaction is i can't help him Uh, if there's there's nudity and fire and you don't make the connection you're not gonna do that thing where you do like mr miyagi and clap your hands and Rub them together and then heal it. <laughs> if Mr. Me, hey, I'm naked. I'm gonna go uh, clip the hedges today. I think. Is that, you know? did, did they actually use the word crank? No, but in I the, didn't uh, know headline. if I could say it on the radio. <laughs> so I changed one word for the radio. <laughs> Entertainment true. tonight. Matt Bear, uh, you're the best. Love you guys. The Hammer and Nigel Show. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hammer and Nigel Show, 93 WIPC. Hey, I'm Nigel. Hammer's over there. We'll go straight to the drivehuber.com hotline and bring on Tommy Pickett, RNC Rapid Response Director, as we do every Friday here on the show. Tommy, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Really good. Let's start. I mean, there's any number of places we could start, but the uh, response from the Biden administration and the transportation secretary, uh, you know, out of Ohio, the train derailment in East Palestine, the plumes of toxic chemicals. Uh, flowing into the air. What do you, uh, just your overall perspective on on how the administration's handled this disaster so far? Well, it seems like a lack of reaction, to be honest, yes. because they really didn't talk about it for days. Uh, we were seeing these really horrifying pictures, to be honest, about coming out of uh, Ohio, and there was no comment at all from Joe Biden. I don't even think he actually has commented on it himself. Pete Buttigieg took days to even tweet about it. And since then, he's been trying to downplay the disaster. He's been trying to point fingers, uh, deflect blame. Uh, That's not what the people of Ohio need. They need someone that's actually going to go and and, uh, answer questions and give people correct information. I think there was a telling real uh, video that came out of uh, East Palestine when residents were asking, where is Pete Buttigieg? And the mayor said, your guess is as good as mine. And I think that sums up how disastrously and how poorly the Biden administration has reacted to this disaster. Well, not only that, but he, you know, they they found a way to blame Trump and some of his policies back during his administration in terms of uh, regulation on uh, in, in the railroad. And it was such a, you know, yesterday Pete Buttigieg says, yeah, you know, this has been getting a lot of attention, but look, there's there's a. Th- 
Well, there's like a thousand cases a year of, of trains derailing. But how many of those cases involve plumes of toxic chemicals flowing into the air for days on end? I mean, that really is kind of showing how out of touch and how to detach yes. from reality people have just been on this, saying this happens all the time. No, it doesn't. And if it does, why in the world don't we see about it? Is there some massive cover-up that we don't know about? I mean, it's, it's, it's so ludicrous to try to downplay this as an everyday event when it's clearly not. And then you brought up that regulation that people are just trying to blame Trump like this administration tries to blame Trump for everything. Biden's own administration came out and said that that regulation Pete Buttigieg was pointing to would not have applied in this case. So Biden's own administration is debunking Pete Buttigieg's <laughs> efforts to deflect blame. I mean, you can't make it up because it's, it's, it's so poor of a response. Uh, it really just one, it's one kind of misstep after another when it comes to the Biden administration on this. Tommy, I admit that I'm a little surly. I'm a little cynical of so many things right now. Policies and politics have divided so many people. But I feel like if this disaster would have happened in a blue hotspot, if this would have happened in Seattle or San Francisco or even a place like Atlanta or Philly, you would have seen a much larger and speedier response from the Biden administration. Does that make sense? I think you're exactly right, and I think that's true. I mean, I, I honestly think that, uh, you know, if there was a disaster like this, I'll just say, in a big city, you would want the uh, Transportation Secretary to respond. You'd want the Biden administration to respond. So I would hope they would in that case. But I think you're exactly right to point out that because this isn't in a blue city, a blue state, that there perhaps might be a slower response here, or at least they, it wasn't brought to their attention. Because it's clear who the Biden administration listens to when it comes to transportation issues. And it's not people actually concerned about transportation safety. That's not who they listen to. They listen to people who have these other really far left woke agendas to try to push their own agenda onto the American people, whether that has to do with climate, whether that has to do with changing the height of of highway bridges. If you remember back when Pete Buttigieg talked about equitable highways or whatever that was, I mean, it really it's bizarre sort of priorities from this administration where they're listening to far left activists and not actually listening to transportation experts, not listening to people concerned about safety, not concerned about people that want to keep the trains running on time and safely and keep airplanes flying on time and safely. They decided to completely discard that. And that's why we've seen one disaster after another from Pete Buttigieg. And ultimately, crisis follows incompetence. There's a reason why we've seen disaster after disaster in transportation while Pete Buttigieg has been secretary, and it's because he is incompetent at his job. All right, so which Biden diversity hire has been a bigger disaster, Pete Buttigieg or Corrine Jean-Pierre as the White House press secretary? Because when you watch these press briefings, she's lost control of the room. And keep in mind, about 95% of the people in that press room would be more than happy to carry the water for the Democratic Party. She's starting to lose those people. Who's worse at their job? Well, at this point, I mean, I think they may be self-reinforcing. I think they both make each other worse, to be honest, because one can't defend something and the other th- and the other person keeps on making things that have to be defended, if that makes sense. The secretary keeps on messing up and then the press secretary goes out there and can't clean up the mess that the secretary created. I, I think it's, it's kind of a part of this whole administration that really is incompetent. And it, it's really ironic that part of the, what they ran on was the adults are back in charge. And I think it's clear from the disaster after disaster that has really come out into play here that the adults are not back in charge. And really, you pointed out the disaster of Corrine Jean-Pierre. It's not Republicans saying that. There's article after article of White House reporters saying how terrible 
she is, how she never provides correct information, how she never uh, actually delivers information on time, how she never actually answers a question. It's just one disaster after another. I, I remember one time we actually made a video at the RNC of all the times where Corrine Jean-Pierre said, I don't have anything. <laughs> it's something like in the first week of her uh, of her time as press secretary, we got to something like, you know, 10 minutes of her saying, I don't have anything. <laughs> so, you know, it really is just, she's really not a good press secretary. And again, that's not me saying it from the RNC perspective. That's journalists in the room that are saying she's not good at her job. Tommy Piggott is our guest. He's the rapid response director for the RNC. So yesterday, Joe Biden shuffles up to the microphone, talks a little bit. He was trying to get off stage and then the questions started coming at him left and right and i think peter Ducey had a question that rang out and we got that slow creepy confused spin back to the press that joe biden does and he kind of snapped at the reporters because they wanted information about national security i'm just curious as to your thoughts on what you saw yesterday well i think uh you know from the from the start questions about hunter biden are legitimate I mean, Biden has, Joe Biden, that is, has lied again and again about what he knew about Hunter Biden's business dealings. We literally have a voicemail of Joe Biden discussing Hunter Biden's business dealings. There's so much evidence in almost every single form, text messages, emails, phone calls, calendars, pictures. I mean, every single type of evidence you could want shows Joe Biden has been involved in Hunter Biden's business dealings, or at least knew about them. And so it's a clear question when Hunter Biden has business dealings with parts of the Chinese Communist Party to ask whether or not that's affecting Joe Biden's policies. I think, you know, I'm reminded of that Shakespeare line, we think that us protest too much. I think Joe Biden (laughs) protesting too much on Hunter Biden's questions kind of shows there's something there. And I'm thankful that the House Republican majority is looking into it. And for him to turn around and say, give me a break, like he's being put out. You're the commander in chief. And allegedly, 81 million people voted for you because, like you said, we were promised the adults are back in the room. And your response to questions about national security or to have that bewildered look and say, give me a break. It's just so ridiculous. Yeah, that that look he does when he turns around, it's the opposite, opposite of confidence-inspiring. Right? I, mean, I, I see that every time. I'm like, oh, boy. I, mean, I, I can't imagine what his press team is thinking. They must know something's coming that they don't have to clean up later. It's always something. And I think one of the things he said after uh, there was that question of Hunter Biden is very revealing as well. Uh, he, he said he wasn't going to answer questions on camera because the reporters weren't being polite enough. That's his word, polite enough. That's not the job of a free press. That's not the job of the media to be polite to the commander in chief, especially when we remember what he was talking about. He was talking about the aerial objects and we got no answers on them at all. So, of course, there's going to be questions on that. It really is bizarre how insulted he was by the concept that he actually would have to answer a question. And when were they uh, nice uh, to Donald Trump, Tommy? When were they polite to Donald Trump? (laughs) Never. I mean, that's a good point. They never were. But uh, President Trump would get up there and he would take questions hours on end. Yes. And uh, I think it's I think it's also, you know, Biden's own press team, Jen Psaki, you know, said that they don't recommend Biden takes questions. That's literally what she told <laughs> David Axelrod during a podcast. So I, I can see why, because he has no answers. He has no ability to really calm the American people. But again, the press should not be polite to the commander in chief. The press should act, ask questions that, that the American people deserve answers to. 
Last thing here before we let you go. The inflation report uh, came out this past week. And again, things that the average working family in this country needs from the grocery store all went up. You look at the price of things, everything is going up. But Joe Biden puts out tweets, does these little speeches in front of all of his little butt sniffer friends that says the economy is just cruising along. It really is insulting. I mean, if if anyone ever wants to kind of rage, uh, get get angry, look at Joe Biden's Twitter when he's talking about the economy, because it's so detached from reality. They're literally literally posting that grocery prices are going down when the price of eggs are 70 percent more than last year. It's it's ridiculous to say grocery prices are going down. They're talking about wages, claiming families have more breathing room. That's their favorite, favorite phrase when real savings, real wages, and real incomes are all down from when Joe Biden took office. Families are literally poorer because of his agenda, and he's out there bragging. It's like Marie Antoinette from the French Revolution yeah. going out there Let and saying, cake. let them eat cake. <laughs> it's so detached from reality. It really is, and it's insulting, I think, the families that are struggling right now. Tommy Pickett is the RNC Rapid Response Director. Tommy, we always appreciate you joining us in Indy. We'll talk to you next week. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. And let's do a round of Damn Nature, You Scary. The Hammer and Nigel Show. Do you suppose we'll meet any wild animals? Hey, baby, let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. The dingo ate your baby. And now Hammer and Nigel proudly presents Damn Nature, You Scary. On 93 WIBC. Lions. And tigers. And bears. Oh, my. So, Big Nige, you're a man that's been known to get out on the links, play a little golf from time to time. Uh, a little bit, a little bit. How would you feel if a massive alligator that appears to be 14 feet and 1,000 pounds showed up on the mm, green? I would need to buy some new shorts at the clubhouse <laughs> when I got back. Because that's what happened in Florida. Oh, my God! The gator showed up to the Sebring Golf Course this week. And somebody took a picture of it, and you could just tell by the picture, this is just a mean uh, SOB. Not only that, I mean, that's horrifying. That's something like Jurassic Park style size of uh, reptile. The, that is uh, terrifying. The officials didn't get close enough to it to measure, but they think that it's very close to the all-time Florida record of 14 feet, 3 inches, <laughs> and 1,043 pounds. Damn, nature! You scary! I'll try to share this. A weather guy that works down there took a picture of it. Uh, I mean, it looks like this. a damn dinosaur. It, I mean, it, it really does. Oh wow! Um, I don't know if I, I don't know if he l- lets me share this or not. I'll see what I can do here. Dateline off the coast of Mexico: Jeez. A 19-foot-long great white shark bit the head off of a diver. No. The attack occurred in the Gulf of California <clears throat> near Mexico, at a depth of fewer than 60 feet. Oh. That's the stuff movies are made out of right there, man. That's awful. I mean, this wasn't really deep water, fewer than 60 feet. The man was diving with a group, and they were harvesting uh, axe tripe, which I guess are similar to scallops when the attack happened. Experts are not sure why the shark targeted the man's head. Uh, They say that that is extremely rare. Damn, nature, (laughs) you scary. Uh, See, yeah, you want to know why I don't go in the ocean. And why I have anxiety about kids going into the... I, you say the Gulf of... Uh, Gulf of California. N- near Mexico. Right off the coast of Mexico, yes. 
Ugh. a depth of fewer than 60 feet. Now, 60 feet is pretty deep. It's not like we're talking about, you know, your head is hanging up above water here. But still, normally when you think about great white sharks, you're out there in hundreds of feet of deep water. Not the case. How about this headline from India? Bloodthirsty leopard mauls lawyers inside of a courthouse. Multiple people <laughs> only in India were rushed to a hospital in India after a leopard went on the attack inside of a courthouse. Several lawyers, a police officer, and a boot polisher were clawed by the creature. The wild leopard also mauled at least four lawyers with one ravage so bad that he had to fight it off with a shovel and a stick just to survive. It- You've got two, I mean, these past two things you've just done are like two of the worst ways for me to go out in life. Being attacked and dragged down to the bottom of the ocean by a great white shark and or getting mauled by a giant wild animal like a bear or a leopard. Awful. Couldn't imagine. The leopard was first seen under the stairs in the court building. This is according to a witness. Uh, And then the leopard ran from there, and it pounced on the people and started running. It eventually was captured by a 12-person forest department team. What's going on over there in India? We just got wild leopards walking around the streets, (laughs) sneaking in courtrooms. So I could play the damn nature, you scary closer, but I could also do a CSI joke. Which one would you prefer? CSI for sure, man. Come on. Here we go. Now that's what I call claw and order. Allison's laughing. I made Allison laugh. Because it happened in a courtroom. Right. Claw. It's a leopard. Claw and order. Okay. Claw and order. I see. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it! Yeah, as you heard at the top of the hour there with Harrison Silcox, a person has been shot at the Castleton Square Mall, although we don't know if it was inside the mall or outside the mall. Uh, IMPD has confirmed one person shot near the mall, according to this article. I think this, what am I looking at here? I think I'm looking at CBS4 Indy. Uh, the victim's condition unknown, and the shooting suspect is no longer on the scene. Again, we don't know if this was inside or outside, and um, and, and as far as the victim is concerned, I think he's. It says they applied a tourniquet to the victim, and they have been taken to the local hospital. So action at the Castleton square mall today and it's crazy that this happens today because we had planned on talking about the last shooting at the castleton square mall today remember when ryan mears the prosecutor here in marion county recused himself from prosecuting that fatal shooting that took place in the parking lot on january 3rd that's when you had uh, two guys coming out of the mall one person 
allegedly tried to open up the wrong car door. That's right. Got yeah. the car doors confused. It was a car that looked similar to his, tried to open the door, and then gunshots rang out from inside the car. 16-year-old Michael Mason was killed in that shooting outside the mall. Another man was shot multiple times and severely injured. And at the time, as soon as we found out about this, Ryan Mears, the prosecutor, he recused himself. We were trying to figure out what's going on here. Well, now we're starting to get a little bit more information. It sounds like Ryan Mears may have a relationship personally with somebody involved. Pastor Eddie Smith, he's the father of the other person that was shot, the one that lived. He told WTHR that... You know, it's been over 40 days and no charges have been filed. That's crazy. And there may be a connection between Ryan Mears and the shooter causing a delay. I guess it's the relational issue between Prosecutor Mears and the suspect that um, has grinded this to a halt. And, you know, if if I had to say how I felt is I just feel justice delayed is justice denied. This is ridiculous. 40 days. Over 40 days, yes. I mean, come on, get your crap together. Okay, a fatal if, shooting. If, if there is a relationship there uh, between Mears and the shooter in some way, shape, or form, or whether it's a family, I, I'm just speculating. I have no idea. He did the right thing in recusing himself, of course, but it should not take 40 days for charges to be filed when someone died and another was severely injured. That is, I mean, get what is the prosecutor's office doing? Marion County courts now show that Matt Savage, a Madison County prosecutor, has been appointed as the special special prosecutor to determine the charges here. So, again, imagine somebody you loved was gunned down in a parking lot 40-plus days go by. Nothing. And nothing. No charges have been filed. That person still out there living their best life while you never get to say goodbye to your loved one ever again. This is disgusting, and this is unacceptable. Locally, this morning, early, early this morning, a man and a woman dead after a shooting on the south side of Indy. This is near West Southport Road, just after midnight. Police arrived and they found the couple inside a home with gunshot wounds. So if you're looking at the numbers here, Nige, this is 34 homicides in the first 48 days of 2023. In the last couple of record-breaking years, 2020 and 2021, February ended with 40 homicides in 2020 and 42 in 2021 right now we're sitting at 34 there's a very good chance before the end of this month is over that we're going to be getting close to record territory those years 2020 and 2021 ended with 245 homicides and 272 homicides it's more than concerning it's it's scary and i'm not even gonna you know like you and i could sit here and talk about it it's it's one thing and we could repeat the numbers but I'm going to read you the words of Reverend Charles Harrison, uh, who is on our program quite often, uh, leader of the Ten Point Coalition. This is a guy that uh, not only talks the talk, but walks the walk with the Ten Point Coalition and patrols hot spots. Uh, I am waking up to the news of two more people being killed in Indy. 
There is something wrong in American society today when violence is the means of how people settle conflicts. 34 human beings have already been killed in India in the first 48 days of 2023. This is madness. I am witnessing before my very eyes America becoming a lawless nation with our broken judicial system with no accountability of repeat violent offenders and the devaluing of human life. There is no fear of God anymore, and this nation seems to be falling off a cliff rapidly. Strong. I mean, it's 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 so true. And when you have a, a reverend who is a leader of, um, you know, the pastor at Barnes United Methodist Church, who, you know, you're a pastor, you're a preacher, you, you're supposed to talk about hope, you know, the resurrection, spirituality, um, you know, something to look forward to. He is very, very, I mean, when someone like him is, is, is terribly concerned about what's going on in his community, everyone should look up and pay attention to what is going on. And before the anti-gun nuts start freaking out, it's not just guns. Look at the stabbings. Look at the amount of stabbings and assault that are also taking place in society right now, specifically Indianapolis. It's a mess. And if you want to fix this, you don't need any gun legislation. You don't need knife (laughs) legislation. You need to be tougher with violent repeat offenders. I feel this way, Nige, I think you feel this way, but apparently in Marion County, we're in the minority because Ryan Mears won with 60% of the vote. Busy day in law enforcement news in Memphis. The five former Memphis police officers charged in the beating death of Tyree Nichols pleaded not guilty in their first court appearance earlier today. All five officers entered a not guilty plea to charges, including second degree murder aggravated assault and aggravated kidnapping well, good luck with that not guilty okay I, i've seen the video I, I mean of course their lawyers are going to tell them to plead not guilty and they're trying to get a deal of some sort but uh, yeah i, I think the video spending, exists i think they're going to be spending a long long time incarcerated how about some happier news? Can we get some happier news oh, here? Oh, no. Let's stay all depressing and downtrodden. Come a on. A convicted killer is back behind bars oh. after attempting attempting to escape from prison dressed as a sheep. <laughs> that sounds like something out of a, uh, like a naked gun, top secret kind of movie. In the middle of the night, he wrapped himself in a sheepskin fleece coat. <laughs> crawled across the grasslands that surround the jail with other farm animals. (laughs) Believe it or not, the Hammer and Nigel show, we've uh, obtained exclusive audio of how he was apprehended. It's ridiculous. (laughs) He goes, Hammer and Nigel presents is... It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? A 93 WIPC. Hammer, how do we play? Is this anything? I'll run some stories by you. You tell us if they're anything or not. It's that simple. So apparently Tiger Woods has upset the everything is sexist overlords. So while playing golf yesterday... Tiger Woods hit a longer drive than his playing partner, Justin Thomas. And after he did that, he handed a little something to Mr. Thomas. It was a tampon. (laughs) 
And now people are flipping out. Christine Brennan and all these other writers are upset with Tiger Woods. Is this anything? No. I mean, it is. I mean, I think it's hilarious. It's. I think it's cool that they've got a sense of humor in their, you know, a guy in his mid-40s is still making jokes. And it's not all serious out on the golf course. And, and yes, there is woke outrage uh, of Tiger Woods handing him a little tampon, you know, basically saying, look, look I'm the big man. I outdrove you. Here's your tampon, girly man. You know, right. I think it's hilarious. And I, I'll just give you an example of some of the uh, woke you know some of the woke criticism he's getting from you know, this one's from some uh, woke feminist lawyer quote see it's funny because feminine hygiene products are inherently emasculating so when a man makes another man touch a tampon he's saying i'm bigger and better than you because gross i made you touch a wrapped tampax okay if if tiger here's another one from the managing editor of usa today's for the win quote if Tiger spent three months a year bleeding and coping with period pain, they'd make a whole documentary about how champions overcome insurmountable obstacles. Christine Brennan from the USA Today. Now, keep in mind, this is the same woman that said the Big Ten deciding to play football was the worst thing that's ever happened in the history of the conference. <laughs> how did Tiger get his tampon? By his own? Or did he steal them from the women's locker room? <laughs> So not only is he a sexist, he's a thief. He probably, Christine probably Brennan. said to his girlfriend, "Hey, let me have one of your tamps. I'm gonna give it to the, I'm gonna give it to Justin." <laughs> Here's one. Call me woke. This is from some guy named Josh. I don't know who he is. I have a feeling I'm going to call him woke. Call me woke. Call me a snowflake. Call me offended. Whatever. But handing another male golfer a tampon is objectively not funny. It shows the sophistication of a 14 year old schoolboy. I think it shows he's still got a sense of humor. I mean, Tiger Woods is never joking around. He's always serious. Good Lord. This is from Golf Week. Like, this is a big-time publication, Golf Week on Twitter. <laughs> really, Tiger? You're a 47-year-old girl dad but thought a tampon stunt would be funny? Like, Golf Week has turned on Tiger Woods. <laughs> Here's one. Really, Tiger? Do better. You want Tiger Woods to do better? He was he was banging Denny's waitresses, right? Uh, just not uh, not a decade ago, and cheating on his wife. Now you're telling him to do better because he he pulled a prank on his fellow uh, golfer. Shut up! I think it's hilarious. Before Tampon Gate was a thing, during the opening ceremony of the Genesis Invitational, the golf tournament that he's playing in, they were hyping up the return of Tiger Woods. Yeah. They had him on a tight live camera shot, and when they got done talking, they zoomed in on Tiger, and he just hawked up a big loogie, <laughs> just spit. It's Riviera, it's Tiger, it's the Palisades, and we are underway. <laughs> <laughs> Did you catch that? Little... Play it again, Allison. <laughs> it's Riviera, it's Tiger, it's the Palisades, and we are underway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I, like if you if you're a fan of Tiger Woods and you've watched his career throughout the years, he does that all the time. You know, he blows snot rockets. He'll he'll put his finger on one nostril and get a snot rocket out of there. He'll, you know, if you don't know what hawking a loogie means, by the way, it means to cough up and according to the Urban Dictionary, uh -oh. to cough up and spit out a large glob of phlegm, usually resulting in a loud cough and throat clearing noise. And if you don't know what a loogie is, we can't be friends, right? That's a term that's as old as time. When I was 
a little kid. Yeah. Like we knew what loogies were. Dude, you're going to hawk up a big loogie. By the way, Tiger uh, in danger of missing the cut. He is tied now for 68 that one over. It looked like he's going to need some help. It looks like that cut line is going to be one over um, this afternoon. So hopefully he makes it all something to watch this weekend. Allison, is that just a guy's term? Like loogie? Like, did you know what a loogie was? Oh, I know exactly what a loogie is. Okay. I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page here. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Got a little break. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Breaking news here in regards to the uh, Delphi investigation. Uh, Attorneys with the prosecutors and the defense met virtually today to set up a bail time for the suspect, Richard Allen. And Richard Allen's bail hearing has been set for Thursday, June 15th at 8.30 a.m. in Carroll County. June 15th is the bail hearing. And the reason why is that the attorneys representing Richard Allen said they got all the evidence from the prosecutors on Monday, and they expect to take four to eight weeks to kind of go through everything. So they want to go through all of the evidence that everybody has before they have the bail hearing, which means Richard Allen's going to sit in there until June 15th. I'm not necessarily upset about that. Um, You know, innocent until proven guilty, obviously. I don't know. I mean, what good is a bail hearing going to do if if they set the bail and it's so high he's not going to be able to pay it anyway? He could barely afford a public defend or a, a, a private lawyer. He had to request a public defender. Right. So. Now, at that bail hearing on June 15th, it's anticipated that all parties, the defense and the prosecution, are going to start talking about alternative dates to start the actual trial. Because it sounds like it would be shocking if this thing started by the end of this calendar year jeez so so i mean we just passed the six-year anniversary the unfortunate um anniversary of the killings of abby and libby and you remember this started out like days then weeks then months go by we don't have a suspect we don't have any information we have uh, conflicting reports we have different uh, composite sketches of the this monster and uh, we have confusing and sometimes vague police uh, updates and press conferences. And, and now that we have a suspect in custody, it's it's going to take more than a year for this thing to even go to trial. We can't even get a bail hearing. He's been arrested since late last year. He's been incarcerated since late last year. And you're telling me a bail hearing is not going to happen until June now? And this is from both parties involved. I though. understand, and I, I understand you want to be very thorough, right? In you can't like screw this. any of this up. But even the logistics of getting potential jurors from Allen County to come hear this thing—it's—it's—it seems like a a very, very—I don't want to say impossible task, but very just difficult and arduous process. And the longer that this drags out, the less likely you're going to be able to find somebody who, quote, hasn't heard oh, of the yeah. trial. 
because that's why they're going to uh, Allen County, basically, to find the jury. You know, here's the thing. Could you still serve on a jury and not have heard of the trial? I mean, that's what let they're me, looking let, for. Let me ask you this. You sat on a pretty high-profile jury. Had you not heard about the story before they uh, asked you to be on the trial? Mine, I, I had not. Now, mine was nowhere near what we're dealing with here. I understand. Uh, but uh, it was a story that had been in the news, and I was not aware of it. Okay. You know, I was working at the casino at the time, and maybe it's because I wasn't so tied into the news cycle every single I'm just, day. I'm just wondering if that's the requirement to serve on a jury is you you can't have heard or read about this this crime in any way, shape, or form. And I would say you're right, Hammer. That's next to impossible for this story anyway. I know they still ask it. They still ask it, and whether or not they accept you or decline you as a juror, that's one of the questions. Now, people can lie, too. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see who they select for this. But we're a long, long way away. Would you do it again? Would you do, if you got a, a, a jury summons, you know, like in, in, would you like to do that again? Or was it a... a an awful just experience for you. I was fascinated with the trial that I had. And Alice and I were just talking about this the other day. If I knew I could get something like I had, like a high profile murder, because, you know, the stuff that they showed me, the crime scene pictures, Gee. the morgue pictures, because they're trying to match, you know, bullets with wounds. And it's it was fascinating. I would do that again in a heartbeat because I would want justice for the family. Now, if I got selected and I had to sit through like six hours of insurance fraud. <laughs> no, thanks. No, thanks. <laughs> I'm good. Did they show you up close pictures of the victims and their wounds yes, and sir. their 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 bodies that were you know deceased yes sir and was it graphic i mean was it pretty like ew. a little bit a little bit some of them were the scenes you know after they had cleaned the body off from the morgue because they want to show you the because there was a shooting involved they wanted to show you the bullet wounds and where person was shot at okay and there were some grisly crime scene pictures Yee. though because there were t multiple people involved and questions from the defense and prosecution involved with who was where during what time so they had to show you all that kind of stuff all the while these scumbags that did this are sitting right across from you and they're staring daggers at you like they're trying to intimidate everybody in that jury and I would absolutely do that again in a heartbeat. You didn't get sequestered, did you? No. They let us go home at night. They just said, do not look up information about the trial. <laughs> did you? Coming up a little <laughs> bit later on, Beer Sample Friday. I can't wait for that. You're going to have some beverages in here. <laughs> I mean, it was such a cut and dry case, though, Nige. No, I, I mean, I, it was so easy. The judge, after we were done, was upset that it took so long. And this was a judge that had been in the game for a long time. It was a very well-known, high-profile judge. But we had one holdout in the jury pool, a very woke, now this is before woke was a term, but very progressive teacher from Warren Central High School that did not want to follow the law. But the expectation of, you know, hey, uh, we're going to let you guys go home. Don't you dare look this up on Google. I mean, okay. 
right. You you, you want to believe the jurors are going to do the right thing, but I, lawyers and judges probably all understand that they're all going to go and look it up and and read about it. Uh, that doesn't. And it was such a slam dunk too. It wasn't uh, like something that no, could go either way. Where okay, if you look something up, maybe it'll taint your judgment. This was a matter of he was there, he did this. This was an accomplice. You followed all of the tracking of their cell phones. It's this should have been in and out, but because somebody doesn't want to like yeah. the law in the state of Indiana. We were there longer than we should have and been. And mark the tape there, 4.42 p.m. on a Friday. Hammer says taint. <laughs> I'm surprised that's the only <laughs> time we've heard that word during this show. Certainly not the first time we've said it on the air, just the first time today. today. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've got some bad news for you here, Nige. The world's biggest food company says prices are going to go up more this year. The fine folks at Nestle, the world's largest food group, say the price of staple items will go up even more this year. And we're not just talking about chocolate stuff, right? Because you hear Nestle and you just, you think chocolate. We're talking about their frozen dinner line and everything else uh, from coffee to frozen dinners and everything in between. They're anticipating it to go up again this year. But Joe Biden's doing a victory lap on inflation. And, and and wage increase, quote unquote wage increase. Right. Like Tommy Pickett said earlier from the RNC rapid response team, that's an insult to people when you try to fool them. Skyrocketing inflation. But, but hey, look, it's come down a little bit and wages are growing. No, that's not the way it works. Wages aren't growing. In you know, compared to the inflation, to inflation they're not. It's not. If you got like a 2% raise this year, is that offsetting the cost of inflation? Uh, no, no it's, it's not. It's For most people, it's, it's not. Um, right now, according to the Consumer Price Index, here are six foods, six popular grocery items that are surging in price. Like, they're going up every single day more and more. Spaghetti and macaroni, flour and sugar, chocolate chip cookies, <laughs> bread, American cheese, and eggs. All of those things people buy on a regular basis you know maybe you don't get chocolate chip cookies but for the most part there's something on that list that you buy on a regular basis yeah i wonder how much more of the the basic blue box craft macaroni has gone up because it's usually like what 50 cents a box i don't know how much that increase is but maybe especially some of those frozen like Bob Evans macaroni, which we buy sometimes, which you could throw in the oven or the, the microwave. It, it, those prices are ridiculous. They're through the roof. <laughs> yeah. What up? This is Dr. Dre. The party's going on. <laughs> Thank God it's Friday. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. My name is Nigel, Jason Hammer, right over there. We've got a uh, COVID-19 update that'll probably make your blood boil. There's a headline from NBC that uh, would have gotten everybody canceled. It would have gotten us like thrown off the air if we would have talked about this headline, maybe even... Uh, you know, less than a year ago. That's coming up after five o'clock. We've got a huge story after five thirty about Joe Biden and secret China donations to uh, the University of Delaware and how they spiked through the roof after the opening of the uh, the Biden Institute there. 
that you're not going to want to miss that. That's a little bit after five thirty. Uh, this YouTuber, some some famous YouTuber gamer called I Show Speed. My kid probably knows who this guy is. But this is funny though. They went from excited to frustrated. He got a FaceTime call from Drake. Oh wow! Big time. Uh, Started from the bottom. Now we're here. Yeah. When he called Drake's voice, listen, listen to this FaceTime call. When he called Drake's voice sexy, <laughs> the call went dead. And, you know, you see him throw his headset down, and he, he, he was wondering if he said the wrong thing to Drake. Drake, what's up, dog? What's Yo. Up, Yo, you look great right now. What's up? <laughs> Yo, you look good, bro. What you doing right now? I'm proud of you, boy. You proud of me? Hey, you got to understand for me, this is crazy, Drake, bro. I'm a huge fan of you, bro. I got a lot of love for you, man. Like I said, I'm proud of you. You're doing your thing, man. Bro, your voice is so sexy. Like, why, like, bro, how is it so smooth like that? Like, how your voice so smooth like that, bro? How you? He's not gonna answer the phone again, bro. I said it wrong, bro. Like, I meant to say his voice is smooth, but I, I said it wrong. I wanted to say like his voice was so smooth. <laughs> Drake obviously knew who this YouTuber was. Said he was proud of him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, by the way, Drake was in a stairwell, so the call probably just dropped. And But it's even funnier if he just would have hung up. All right, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Why would you hang up on the guy and he said your voice is sexy? I don't know. Maybe Drake doesn't find that kind of stuff amusing. <laughs> do you call people back when it goes dead or like after enough has been said, do you just... You know, I've had that before. I'm talking to my, one of my buddies, and we're trying to figure out what's going on for the night or where we're going to meet, and the call drops, and I'm just like, all right, screw it. I'm not calling him back. If the call drops, I'm out, unless yeah. it's like my <laughs> wife or kids or something. I hate talking on the phone. Like, yeah. text me. Because a lot of times, with the job we have, nights, we can't always answer the phone. Maybe we're recording something. We're doing production. We're, we're on, on the, the air. air. Yeah. Uh, so just text me. Like, I hate when people call. It's just the worst. Uh, hey, real quick. Congratulations to a friend of the show, Connor Daly. He qualified for the Daytona 500 this Sunday. It wasn't pretty, man. His car was a piece of crap. It was bouncing. It was shaking. He had to beat out two other guys to get in the field in the qualification race. And those two guys crashed out in the same crash. Ooh. So <laughs> Connor wow. Daly's rickety car Skin of his teeth. made it into the race. He's racing for Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather's money team bought a NASCAR ride for the Daytona 500. So good for Connor Daly. And you may have heard this in the news earlier. Today marks 100 Hundred days until the greatest spectacle in racing, oh, the yeah. Indy 500. Wow. 100 days away. So, in order to get everybody in the mood, how about some words of wisdom from AJ Foyt? Hammer and Nigel present Words of Wisdom with AJ Foyt. It was Jeff Andretti that got. Well, yeah, he's all over the guy track. You don't know where the hell he's going. He kept from knocking him through the goddamn wall. I'm tired of this shit. Got people out there that shouldn't even be in the goddamn race car. <laughs> Words of wisdom with AJ Foyt. Oh, I can't wait. We're 100 days away. Come on, baby. Hammer. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. 
Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. And Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock! Oh, man. Big hour coming up. The crazy coupon lady. Oh, she's back. Crystal Hammer is back. I can't wait to talk to her. That's about 520. Then at 530, Rebecca Mansour, a Breitbart senior editor. This story is just, it's eye-opening. It's jaw-dropping. Secret China donations to the University of Delaware have soared, have just shot through the roof after the opening of the Biden Institute there uh, from government institutions in China. So uh, you're going to want to hear about that. That's at 530. But right now, let's check in with America's Battle with COVID-19. COVID-19. Oh, I swear that I mean at this moment. There are three Three. Three. China, piss off. Now you've made everybody on a Friday. nervous because of COVID-19. Headline from NBC. So this is not, uh, you know, this is a mainstream corporate outlet hammer. Natural immunity from a COVID infection is as protective as vaccination against severe illness and death, study finds. So, the new study, and this is a brand new study, says that having natural immunity is better than the vaccine. Donald Trump Jr., your thoughts? No sh- <laughs> <laughs> Who could have seen that coming? You know, I, I had no I, I, I remember the good old days when you'd be banned off Twitter. <laughs> On any social media platform, if you just mentioned natural immunity from COVID, herd immunity, uh, therapeutics, uh, if it was anything other than the vaccine. Hydroxychloroquine! <laughs> um, if it was anything other than the vaccine that includes natural immunity, you were outcast. You were shunned. You were a, a COVID denier. You were an anti-vaxxer. And now you have headlines on mainstream corporate news outlets talking about studies of how natural immunity is just as good, if not better, than uh, the vaccine. It's I, I'm stunned, especially since you and I have been talking about this going on three years now. Right. And it didn't feel like it was rocket science. No. If you had it, you probably have more immunities against it than somebody who hasn't had it, or even the vaccine. And here's what sucks, Nige. We were joking about social media, people getting kicked off of Twitter. People were fired from their jobs. Absolutely. Places of business were told, you have to get this vaccine. Military. Our business, MS Communications, our former owner, they said, if you don't get this vaccine, or if you're not willing to take a test every couple of days, you're going to lose your job, even if you've had it. I was willing to provide a medical note from my doctor that said, this guy had it, he's got the immunities, he's got the antibodies, and blah, 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 blah. That wasn't going to be good enough. And there's a lot of people 
like myself that felt like they had to get this vaccine because they would lose their jobs and they provide for their families. Not only that, but they lied to us about the vaccine from the very beginning. They knew this from the very beginning, uh, especially from a study that just came out, including Dr. Fauci's name on it, that, that said that they knew that the vaccine wasn't um, effective in stopping transmission. They knew the vaccine wasn't effective in in stopping infection. Maybe, maybe it lessened the effects for a couple of months, and certainly with the boosters. And by the way, the stats right now with the vaccine, they've just plummeted. People getting this thing, if you look at the stats, they are in the gutter. They because the now we know it doesn't matter. You can still get it. You can still spread it. And save that company line of, even though I got it and had it for three weeks, it'd be way worse if I didn't have it. Stop that. And I admit, I'm... You know, I had to get this thing because I was the provider of my family. Hats off to a lot of those people who did not get this yeah. and said, you know what, the job isn't that important to me. I didn't really have that option, and I hate that that was put in front of me. Let me just uh, read what this article says verbatim so you don't think we're making this up. This is from NBC. Immunity acquired from a COVID infection provides strong, lasting protection against the most severe outcomes of the illness, according to research published Thursday in The Lancet. Protection experts say that's on par with what's provided through two doses of the vaccine, the mRNA vaccines. Infection acquired immunity cut the risk of hospitalizations and death from a COVID reinfection by 88% for at least 10 months. Yesterday's conspiracy theory is today's truth. We're seeing that a lot about a lot of things. <laughs> so we have an update on a wow. story we had yesterday. Yesterday, we played you the audio of uh, Don Lemon, CNN's low-rated morning host, <laughs> basically saying that Nikki Haley and all women over the age of 40 are past their prime. She says people, you know, politicians or something are not in their prime. Nikki Haley isn't in her prime. Sorry. When a woman is considered to be in her prime in her 20s and 30s and maybe 40s. What are you that's talking about? Wait. I, that's not according to me. Prime for what? Uh, it, it depends. I mean, it's just like prime. If you look it up, it'll say, if you, if you Google when is a woman in her Prime, it'll say twenties, thirties, and forties. I don't necessarily. Forties. Oh, I got another. I'm not saying I agree with that. So I think she has to be careful about saying that you know politicians aren't in their prime. You need to qualify. Are you talking about prime for like child caring, or are you talking about prime for being president? The facts are: Google it. Everybody at home, when is a woman in her prime? It says twenties, thirties, and forties. And I'm just saying Nikki Haley should be careful about saying that politicians are not in their prime. It's just so funny because he was trying to get at her because Nikki Haley was implying that. You know, uh, yeah, past the age of 75, 80, maybe we should uh, look at some of the capabilities of people that are running for office and going through tests. And if and and uh, so he's trying to, you know, send a, a grenade her way. She just picked it up and threw it right back, basically, uh, and, and it exploded in his face. She was this close to smacking the makeup off of Don Lamont at that point. <laughs> like Poppy Harlow was ticked off. Yeah, you could tell she didn't want to put up with that crap. Caitlin Collins on the other side was just kind of rolling. Her eyes. But, I mean, it really just boomeranged around him and bit him in the butt. It, it really didn't make any sense. I mean, Kamala Harris is 58 years old. Oh, does he think that Joe Biden has passed his prime? He's 81, for God's sake. <laughs> Kamala Harris is just as dumb now as she was when she was in her 20s. Don, Lemon's older, Don, <laughs> Don Lemon is older than Nikki Haley.
What's he talking about? Yeah, well, look, just Google it. I look it like up. I feel like that's some you know comedian stick. Look it up. Just Google it. That's, the only thing we're he... missing is the it's state law from Donnie Baker right there. <laughs> so we have an update. <laughs> this morning in the big meeting that takes place before they go on the air, old Don Lamont had to apologize to the editorial staff for, quote, offensive remarks to well, women. I don't think he... I think he had the day off. I think this was from Twitter. I'm not sure that he was on the air today. Not that I, you know, I, I DVR the show every day. I just, I just missed it this morning. You know, I'll, I'll go back and watch it after I watch. Talking you were tonight. two episodes in the view, yeah, and you right, couldn't, right, 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 you know, right, right, have right. time to catch up. What did he? So let me hear this groveling apology. Quote: I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt anyone. I did not mean to offend anyone. What I said came out wrong, and I wish I hadn't said it. I believe women of any age can do anything they set their minds no, to. You don't. The people I'm closest to in this organization are women. Well, no, no, we kind of figured that. <laughs> he doesn't believe that. First of all, don't apologize. If that's what you believe, that's what you said, own up to it. You said Nikki Haley is past her prime, and this kind of goes back to what he's saying. That's not what he believes. He Googled it. It's science. Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez, you guys are freaking me out. The Hammer and Nigel Show. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. 93WIPC. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer has a very special and lovely guest on the DriveHubler.com hotline. She is my better half, but more importantly, she's out of her mind. She's the crazy <laughs> coupon lady, Crystal Hammer, back on the Hammer and Nigel show. How are you, love? I'm good. I'm back. Crystal, you are. It's been a couple of weeks, and I'm just assuming, by the way, just I want to know right off the bat, I'm assuming Hammer came home Valentine's Day night with a bouquet of flowers, a box of chocolates. He rubbed your feet. He let you, <laughs> uh, you know, you took a bath while he got the kids out of the house. I'm assuming all that happened on Valentine's Day for you. Absolutely not. <laughs> if, he, if he walked through that door with flowers, I would take those flowers and hit him with them and kick him back out because that is just that is a waste of money. I told you, you did. People right. don't believe know. that we view Valentine's Day as a big hallmark holiday pain in the ass, and I'm glad to hear those words coming out of your mouth. You know, honestly, now I, I will admit. I do buy my boys something for Valentine's because I do love them. But we celebrate Valentine's Day on February 15th. That way I can go and get everything 50% off. That's right. All the candy is on sale <laughs> the day exactly after. What I did. They don't call her the crazy coupon lady for nothing. <laughs> right? Very I mean, smart thinking there. I mean, Candy's candy, right? I mean, they're going to eat it. So, yeah, when I got off work on Wednesday, I went to Walgreens, looked at what they had 50% off, made them a little nice basket, and was like, happy Valentine's Day, guys. There you go. And again, we got boys at home, and they didn't expect anything anyway, but they'll be more than happy to eat yeah, chocolate did, bars. Your boys going out with any chicks, high school chicks? Did like Christopher buy anybody else a Valentine's Day card or flowers or anything like that? Or, uh, uh not Christopher, but our youngest has a friend. Now she, is just, now she is just a friend, though. They're I not know. boyfriend, girlfriend. Yeah, I know how that starts. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, yes, he did buy her a small little Valentine's Day gift, but they didn't exchange it on Valentine's Day. They didn't want to do it at school because they didn't want anybody to see. Sure. So they're, they're getting together this weekend to exchange Valentine's Day gifts. 
was it good parenting on my behalf to tell our youngest, Jacob, that you're making a mistake? You never try to get into a relationship around Valentine's Day because you get stuck having to buy a gift. <laughs> you break up before Valentine's right, Day. Right, right. You get together after Valentine's after Day and you break up before Christmas. Christmas. Exactly. And then that way you don't have to do Christmas or Valentine's Day. Total rookie move on Jacob's part, but I think he'll learn from it. And before we get to some of the, um, the these these deals you have going on, because you're the crazy coupon lady, you know you know about rebates, you know about uh, the coupons. I, I saw the hammer spread uh, for Super Bowl, and I'm coming over next year. <laughs> that looked unbelievable. It, it, it was kind of a hodgepodge of, you know, food. Like, we asked the boys, you know, what were some of the things that they wanted. Chris wanted barbecue ribs, so I actually made those myself. Um, and then my youngest wanted wings from Outback, and they had a great deal because their wings are expensive. I think you get, like, 10 for, like, I don't know, 16 or $17. Whoa. But they had buy 57 wings for $57 and I said bingo <laughs> we're doing that wow. and they lasted 24 hours in the house <laughs> 24 hours and Jacob <laughs> ate about 85% of them <laughs> I think he did in fact he let he ate the leftovers the next day all right so let's get down to business here Everything seems like it's more expensive. We had an inflation report that came out this week that says pretty much everything you're looking for at the grocery store is more expensive. Help us out here. Save us some money on some things that we like. You know, it is more expensive. In fact, I'm finding it harder and harder every day to find deals that I want to do. Um, in fact, I also want to tell people that you notice that I haven't been on for the last couple of weeks, and it's okay to take breaks. Sometimes you got to take breaks from couponing because it gets to be too much. But I did find some of the Freshetta frozen pizzas at Kroger, um, which, Ooh, yeah. you know, in our house, we go through pizza like it's – uh, water um, and they are regularly priced at six forty nine on sale for four ninety nine. But if you clip the Kroger weekly digital coupon, you can get those pizzas for three ninety nine. So that's almost fifty percent off. That's solid. That's yeah, solid, I man. Mean, frozen pizzas are a staple in our household too. Yeah, we get right. those bruschetta pizzas sometimes. My kids yeah. like those little mini Red Baron pizzas, like the singles, which are yeah. still expensive. It's, they it's, are. Prices are through the roof, and it's really they, affecting mm -hmm. people. It, I mean, I, I see it with my own eyes. Just like, man, we spent how much on groceries this week? Yeah. It's anytime crazy. I can find pizzas at almost yes. 50% off, I'm buying them. Yep. I don't care what brand they are. I'm buying them because, I mean, pizza's pizza to me. And um, the, just so you know, though, that is a limit of five. So pick up all five in one transaction. All right. So we've got pizzas covered here. What else is on your checklist? Um, another thing I found was the 24-pack of purified water, Kroger bottled water. Normally oh. is priced $3.69 for a 24-pack. It's on sale for $2.99. But if you clip that Kroger weekly digital coupon, you can get a 24-pack for just $2.49. Now, that is and awesome. That's a good deal. It is. And let's be honest, I mean... We're probably going to be drinking bottled water after that whole train derailment in Ohio. So I'd pick up all five. And if you know anybody down there that needs some water, you know, even find a charity that's sending water to these oh, people. That's a good you idea. Can... Yes. Because they're certainly not getting much help from the government, but that's a separate discussion. Yeah. Yeah, that's a separate Big discussion. middle finger from FEMA. <laughs> right. The people in Ohio. I don't, understand. I don't understand that at all. So we got pizza, we got water, you got anything else? 
I got one more thing. Um, in our household, you know, we have kids that play sports. We have one that, you know, does competitive skateboarding. And so sometimes I don't have time to get them a meal, and we have to have protein bars on hand. Um, and they like the pure protein bars. And those things are so expensive. But a box of those are $8.99. They're on sale for $7.99. And if you clip that Kroger Weekly Digital Coupon, you can actually get them for $5.99 a box. Now, these coupons you're talking about, Crystal, they're from the Kroger app. Is that correct? That is correct. You clip them directly on the Kroger app. And once you have clipped them, when you go to the store, it automatically comes off once you type in your phone number. Did you um, happen to get into anybody's face at uh, the Beach Grove Bowling semi-state uh, finals <laughs> um, like you did maybe a few months ago? Any, no. any fingers and faces or anything like that? No, no. honestly, it, the thing was, it was for us, it was pretty much um, a, a home match because the, the semi-state was at Expo Bowl. So okay. the amount of people that we had there cheering, I think everybody was pretty uh, annoyed with the fact that we were cheering so loud. <laughs> but we didn't care. The kids loved it, and they were smiling. Is it, and they is had it like, is it like golf? Like you have to be quiet when they're bowling? No. It's not? No. Really? No. No, it, it. I know most people think they have to come and be quiet and not say a word. Yeah. I mean, the minute the kids throw the ball, if they get a strike, you're going to hear a huge uproar, and everybody else is still bowling. Like, it, it's nothing like what you see on TV. I mean, people cheer constantly. They have The kids have chants. So if somebody gets a strike, they have a chance yeah. that they do, and the parents do it right along with them, and it, it's so much fun. Now, to be fair, your Aunt Tammy – Almost got into a little action. Well, Aunt Tammy, and, uh, my my aunt Tammy was pretty loud, and um, unfortunately, she made um, this older lady actually leave her seat. And then, of course, my aunt, God love her, was just laughing so loud, going, "I made that old lady move." Yeah, damn right, oh, Tammy. Boy. Bring that heat, Tammy. I love it. <laughs> All right. If somebody wants uh, more information on the coupon game, how do they reach out to you? Uh, they can find me on social media. Um, any the you know Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just search my name, but it's spelled C H R Y S T A L, just like the stripper. There it is, the crazy coupon <laughs> lady, Crystal Hammer. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel Hammer over there. Uh, we'll go to the drivehubler.com hotline and bring on Breitbart Senior Editor-at-Large, Rebecca Mansour. Rebecca, how are you? Doing wonderful, guys. Great to talk with you. So, like, the headline from Breitbart is pretty jaw-dropping. Secret China donations to University of Delaware soared 
after the opening of the Biden Institute. And if you'd allow me to back up just a few quick ticks on the timeline here, Donald Trump got in trouble for classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. The FBI raided their house, went through Melania's underwear drawer. Joe Biden said that was the most irresponsible thing he's ever seen. And then it turns out he's got classified documents next to the Corvette in the garage and also classified documents at his quote-unquote think tank at the University of Pennsylvania, which I don't think, you know, think tank and Biden should be in the same sentence. Um, <laughs> but but there was also, when that story broke about the think tank, there was also drips and drabs about Chinese money being donated to this think tank. And this, this new article from Breitbart makes it sound like it goes much, much deeper than just the University of Pennsylvania. And I was wondering if you could just take us through everything we need to know about Joe Biden's relationship with China and these these donations. No problem. Like, as you said, uh, the Penn Biden Center, which is out of the University of Pennsylvania, that's been known to us for quite some time about how uh, when the Penn Biden Center opened, um, the University of Pennsylvania suddenly uh, got tr- nearly tripled the amount of donations from China just poured into the University of Pennsylvania. Now, they had received some donations from China before that, but as I said, tripled. And we're talking about tens of millions of dollars just happened to come from anonymous Chinese donors in China um, after that center opened. Um, but this latest development with the University of Delaware is much more concerning. Why? Because the University of Delaware never got any money from China. I'm talking about anonymous donors from China. They never got any money from from China until the Biden Institute opened there in 2017. And then suddenly they got $6.7 million from China, including over $1 million from the Chinese government. How do I know that? Wow. Well, the University of uh, the, the United States Department of Education keeps track of all of this in, these donations, and they have to be reported to the U.S. Department of Education by the universities. And the University of Delaware reported to the U.S. Department of Education that at least three of the donations uh, came from "quote unquote" a foreign government source. In fact, the specific question that the Department of Education asks is, is this funding from a government? And in three instances, for donations totaling over a million dollars, the University of Delaware replied yes. So, And they listed China as the origin and it as a foreign government source. So it's government money going into this uh, University of Delaware. Now, here's the thing. Because we now have Hunter Biden's laptop, which even the slow learners at the New York Times agree is a legit thing. It's real. It's authentic. Okay. Everybody agrees now, even the people on CNN and everywhere else. Um, Hunter Biden's laptop gives us a lot of information about how these academic institutes were founded, why they were set up. And here's what we learned from Hunter's laptop. We learned from emails that Hunter and his business partners We're trying to plan Joe's, and I quote, future earnings potential. And when they set up the Biden Institute, they were very concerned about, quote unquote, the Biden brand and about generating, quote, wealth uh, creation for the Biden family. That's That's how they talked about it, wealth creation. 
in fact, they specifically wanted to set this up and make it like the Clinton Global Initiative. Right. Was Bill and Hillary Clinton set up. But the one thing that they said that they want to do different is they wanted to be, and I'm quoting here, like the Clinton Global Initiative, but without the money raised. And what they meant by that is when the Clintons set up their global initiative, they had to do a lot of fundraising, in-house fundraising for it. And they generated hundreds of millions of dollars, mostly from foreign governments, foreign sources, uh, for their initiative. And, of course, it was a, you know, it had the appearance of pay-for-play, obviously. But the Biden family didn't want to actually do any of that work. They just wanted to set up their shingle someplace and say, here we are, you know, come get us, you know, come on. And that's exactly what they did. Wow. All they had to do was say, we got the Institute here, and then the money came rolling in. And at least some of that money gives the appearance of coming from the Chinese government, perhaps, okay? Uh, and it's important to understand how this whole thing you know played out because the entire biden family was kind of involved here we even have like emails from valerie biden owens who was joe's younger sister i mean the whole family was involved in this wealth creation scheme okay yeah and the thing that's just so disturbing about all of this again we have in the news about all the classified documents all over the place uh, you know, just this week, the FBI raided the University of uh, Delaware, took away some documents. They said that the documents weren't stamped as classified, but they did take some material with them for further investigation. I don't know what the heck that means, but make of that what you will. But still, all of this is rather disturbing because here's the thing that I want everybody to keep in mind. $31 million. Keep that figure in your mind. What is that figure? That's how much money members of the Biden family made in just five business deals that they were involved in wow. with individuals who are tied to the highest levels of Chinese intelligence. Did you say 31 million? 31 million, Rebecca? That's unbelievable. <laughs> 31 million. That's how much in just five business deals that members of the Biden family, I'm talking about Hunter Biden, I'm talking about Joe's brother, I'm talking about Joe's sister, I'm talking about Joe. Uh, you know, it, it indirectly, I guess you could say, because Hunter was paying his bills, as we now know. Right. right. The, $31 million with members who are directly tied to the highest levels of the China, of China's spy apparatus. In fact, because we know this, again, in Hunter Biden's laptop, which everybody agrees is real now, we also have the email where Hunter was planning on sharing office space with Joe, his dad, and with a man who Hunter described as, and I quote, the effing spy chief of China. And I'm, I'm changing the word effing. You yes. know what he right. was actually saying. The effing spy chief of China. That's an individual by the name of Patrick Ho, who really was uh, tied to China's spy apparatus. Joe Biden was going to share an office with this man. Unbelievable. Uh, he left the vice presidency. So, I mean, think about that, guys. Let's imagine, if you will, imagine during the last Cold War, you know, when Reagan was president or even when Carter was president. Imagine if members of the Reagan or Carter family were doing business deals with people tied to the KGB. Do you think Ted Koppel would have had an issue with that? Do you think, you know, right? <laughs> back then might have looked into that? I'm stunned. Unbelievable. Uh, Rebecca Mansour is our guest from Breitbart. She's the senior editor at large. So, Rebecca, it all sounds shady as hell. Money has a trail to it. We see this. But at the end of the day, has any crime been committed at this point? Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Okay. 
Uh, during the Trump administration, the Department of Justice was investigating universities that take a lot of money from foreign sources in China. And in, in particular, they were investigating Chinese espionage uh, operations within American universities. And guess what? The University of Pennsylvania, remember the place that houses the Penn-Biden Center? Yep. After they had received you know, nearly triple the amount of donations from China after the launch of that center— they sent an open letter to the U.S. Justice Department calling on the Justice Department to stop these investigations into Chinese espionage at universities. Why? Because they said they were concerned Racism. about, and quote, racial profiling. Yeah. Yep. And guess what? The Biden Department of Justice agreed with them, and they stopped investigating. <laughs> so, Isn't that interesting? Yeah, let me... You know, and we just got a minute or two left here. We could talk to you for an hour straight, Rebecca. But I want to play a clip from yesterday's press conference with Joe Biden as he's wrapping up his spiel about the Chinese spy balloon. Somebody asked him about his business dealings uh, and if he was compromised with China. Listen to this. There's been criticism that this... China compromised by your family's business relationship. Sir, Mr. President, Mr. President, there has been criticism... (laughs) No wonder why he didn't want to answer that reporter give me a break Uh, man give me a break man rebecca yeah give me a break man i don't want to talk about it i'm going to tell you about how i'm shooting down some kid's science project air balloon (laughs) (laughs) hey look rebecca i i know there's so much more we could talk about with this um i would love you to come back when there is an update and we could drill down even more it's fascinating. It's stunning. It's a little scary. It's very scary. And I think that reporter yesterday had a point when he was asking about the the business dealings with Joe Biden and Hunter and his family with China. I think there was a definite point to be made there, was there not? Absolutely a point to be made. Everybody should be concerned about this because we see the real world consequences in his handling with China. Yes. So, yeah. Rebecca Mansour, Breitbart Senior Editor, thank you so much. Uh, You can find that article at Breitbart.com. You have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks so much, guys. Bye-bye. Here we go. And now, Amber and Nigel present Uh, Beer Sample. Fry. I got some beers. Let's drink them, huh? Beers on sale, people. Come down and get you some. About to buy Thompson Furniture and Mattress in Columbus. My name is Nigel and Jason Hammer right over there with some very special guests in studio. This is going to be fun. We got Brad Kloppensteinstein. Klopp! Wow. Thanks for having me back. Glad to have you here. And you brought a guest with you. We've got a two Toms brewing owner, Tom Carpenter, as well. Hey, Tom. Tom yeah. What's up, man? What's up? So you guys are resurrecting out. This is a cool story. So Tom. Take me through the process of bringing Alps out back from the dead, basically. So, Alps brow. Brow. So, not even uh, a brew, it's a brow. It's a, it's a brow. So this is something where a couple years ago, I acquired the trademark to this. This was originally brewed up in Fort Wayne from 1957 until 78. 
and uh, then it went away, and I went through the process of kind of resurrecting this. I was working with the Scentlever family, who uh, their family had owned the brewery way back when, before it went out of business. Wait, why did it go out of business? Because they were bad business people. <laughs> okay. It certainly okay. wasn't because of the beer. No. No, the beer was spectacular. Yeah, so, sure. you bought the brand, basically. I, brought, I bought the brand, and then I started shopping it around to breweries. So, me and my wife, Sheila, we probably talked to two dozen different breweries or so over the years. Um, and Tom was one that we talked to over a year ago, and then uh, we reconnected back in the fall, and we met with him, went up, tasted some of his stuff. So Tom and two Toms, they they brew in Fort Wayne, and then they've got a location on 96th Street where we're doing the tapping party tonight. Right on. So hey. Tom, what was your reaction when Brad brought this idea to you? Like, was it I'm all in right away, or I wish this guy would leave me alone? <laughs> it was actually at a beer festival. He came up. He had all these stickers and stuff like that. And- and uh, I listened to him, but wasn't super interested at the time. I pointed to another Fort Wayne brewery that uh, was doing kind of a nod. They do an Alps Bro uh, that they've done in the past, and um, probably passed him on to kind of somebody else. But it reminded know. me of my dating years when I was hitting on the hot chick, and she's like, "No, I won't date you." But here's my here's my kind of ugly friend. And eventually, over you here. just wore him down to the point where he said yes. Exactly. Tom, before we taste this beer, what, tell us about your brewery real quick, Two Tom. Yeah, so Two Tom's Brewery. Uh, we have been uh, in, up in Fort Wayne almost celebrating five years. Be five years up uh, in July. Uh, we're a small craft brewery, uh, ranked uh, number one in Fort Wayne, and uh, usually in the top twenty uh, within the state. And you're down here too, right? Yep. So we just opened up in July uh, on 96th Street, just uh, just off of 69. So we do an ever-changing tap list. Uh, we don't have any core beers, so this is really kind of different and outside of our element. But we do everything from barrel aged stouts to sours, you name it. Uh, but nice. you know, clean stuff like this as well, and uh, you know, known for doing great balanced beers. Well, gentlemen, on the count of three, I want everybody to crack one open. One, two, three. Oh yeah. Here it is. To Alpfrau. Back, baby. Cheers, fellas. Cheers. Back in business. Clop, congratulations, man. This is awesome. Thanks, Nigel. Where can people get more information? Damn, that's good beer. Um that's you can first good. taste of it, yeah. too. <laughs> so you can go to <laughs> Alpsbrow.com. That's A-L-P-S-B-R-A-U.com. Two Toms Brewing.com. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Tom, Brad, thank you guys. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, fellas. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.